Laverne friends, Nick and Kenneth here, back with episode nine of the Laverne Proud podcast. We bring the heat on this episode. We actually had the pleasure of sitting down with Fire Chief Chris Thompson of Lavernia's District 1 Fire. Really appreciate his time. We hope you enjoy the show and get to know a little bit more about the Fire Chief. Without further ado, here's episode nine. Hello, Laverne friends. We are back and we are recording live at the fire station at ESD1 with Fire Chief Chris Thompson. Chris, thanks for sitting down with us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So on our show, as always, um, we'd love to hear a little bit about the, the guests that we have on to start the show off with. Can you tell us how long you've been in Lavernia? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What brought you here? Yeah, sure. I grew up in the East Central area uh, back around. I graduated about 91. Took a job in Corpus as a firefighter there uh, in 94. And then I came here back to Lavernia in about 2017. And I've been the fire chief here since then. Oh, wonderful. So almost 30 years in firefighting then. Great. Between fire and EMS, yeah, about 30 years. Wonderful. Well, thank you for your service to the community and glad to have you back here in Lavernia as well. Thank you. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the, the Lavernia Fire Department, um, the district, how the different ESDs align? Sure, sure. So uh, up until I, th- I think 13 years ago, whatever date that is, the ESD was formed. It was voted in by the citizens. Uh, prior to that, it was the Lavernia Volunteer Fire Department strictly, uh, and they relied just on donations. Uh, and then the ESD again was voted in, uh, which uh, brought about some tax revenue to help fund fire stations because they are expensive to run. Oh, sure. um, and volunteerism is just going away. It's just mm-hmm. it just is. So the district did a great job. Um, they funded the Volunteer Fire Department for up until 2017. Uh, which it was basically a combination fire department at that time. They contra- the ESD contracted with the VFD to provide service. But as the area grew and got bigger and bigger and bigger and more runs, I, I think uh, from 2015 to now, we're tenfold on the runs we're making. Oh, wow. We make in a, we make in a four week period the same amount of runs that they would make five years ago in a, in a whole year. Okay. Wow. So, um, that was, uh, that's kind of the, the, the story, so in, in 17, then we became a, they, they closed the volunteer fire department as an entity, and we just retained all the people uh, that were left, which wasn't a, was about 15 or so volunteers. Okay. And then we started paying firefighters as, at that point. So we, we run, um, right now we run three firefighters here at Station One, full-time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And we run two firefighters 24 hours a day, seven days a week at Station 2, which is at 34, 32, and 775. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much our history. Okay. And what all do you cover? You just to cover a certain radius from yeah, Bernier so, to cover Wilson County? So we're 126, give or take a, a mile, 126 square miles. Um, we go all the way to 97 and the Y, all the way to the Bear County line on, on 87, all the way to the Guadalupe County line uh, towards our north, and then all the way to basically the Woodland subdivision on 775, okay. including all the Kaicaster area, uh, Eden Crossing. So we're, we've got quite a few uh, large subdivisions outside of Lavernia, the city itself. How's the, So with that, that uh, 126 square miles there, you know, the stations are pretty strategically placed that way, too. That keeps call times pretty quick, correct? So we're about seven and a half minutes, I think. Okay, wow. Um, 
there's a few areas that are outlying towards Southern Springs, towards the 539 area that the planners of the communities, it's very rural and there was never any rules. So we have a lot of roads that you can't get to from here. Okay. Yeah. For instance, um, any of these roads off 87, uh, they're all one way. Sure. They're all one road they're long. and they go up to the top of the hill and then they stop. Yep. Yep. Well, 100 yards on the other side of the hill is another road, but the county never had the foresight to yeah. Yeah. make them connect. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, stations have to come from a long way around. So, so we, we have four stations. we got one in Southern Springs, uh, one at 539 and Great Oaks, the one on 87, and, of course, 3432. Um, the two at, at the one at 539 and the one in Southern Springs are not manned. Uh, they're just staffed. There's a fire engine there, and then volunteers can go pick it up. Okay. If we have anything. Other than that, we rely on mutual aid for Bear County yeah. for anything like that. But yeah, about a seven and a half minute response time to get back to your question. So for, for rural areas, that's, that's really pretty good. great. Yeah. yeah I was so, thinking 15. That's like no, that. no, it's pretty rare that you know, we, we have to be out of a station or already on a call on this side of town and get another one on the other okay. side in order to be that delayed. Um, but we're, um, you know, our standard is from the time the call from the time we're toned out, alerted to the call, a uh, minute and a half, and you've got a truck rolling towards you. That's wow. awesome. Wonderful. Good to know. What do you think uh, most of those calls are? They, you know, wrecks. I know on 87, there's that one real bad spot out of town that I feel like there's a, a wreck at least once a month. 357. Yeah. Yeah, right and, over the hill. And then, you, you know, it's it's raining a lot now in the springtime, but I know in the summertime, the grass fires are going to kick up again. So Yeah, so um, we make about uh, – 12 to 1400 calls a year. Uh, we make about 40 structure fires a year. And then we make about a hundred grass fires a year. And the rest are, uh, you know, others. Uh, we're lucky we don't make too many fire alarms, uh, but we do make quite a few EMS runs, including vehicle extrications, car wrecks, uh, mechanical, agricultural type, you know, tractor rolled over, those kind of things. Oh, wow. yeah. So, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're about the industry average, about 70% EMS first responder runs okay. and about 30% fire. Okay. Yeah, I was 40, 40 structural fires a year. I mean, that's almost not quite one a week, but that's that sounds like a lot. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, you know, and I tell these guys here all the time, you know, even in Corpus, I might have made six or seven fires a year where I was, you know, first in. Sure. Might have been a straggler coming in on, on a few others, but really – we, we've got just as many as anybody else. Mm-hmm. We just, one thing that I don't do, maybe I should, but I don't publicize them on Facebook or anything right. like that. When we, when we have a bad wreck or structure fire, I don't, um, I don't believe in putting that out on social media. Somebody right. just had a really bad day. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is bring any spotlight on us because, Hey, look at us. We did this. And I just don't believe in it. I know there's departments that do it. Yeah. Um, and that's fine, but I'm just sure. kind of. If they want to talk about it, they can put it on their Facebook. I think there's enough Facebook community chat. Word probably gets out uh, right. before you could do it anyways with uh, with the involvement here. So um, as the community keeps growing, you'd mentioned the higher volume of calls from even five years ago until now with the calls you would see in a four-week period or now. Or, or You make as many calls in a four-week period as you did over the course of a year or five years ago. How's the fire department keeping up with the growth of the community? Uh, well, we're, we're trying to add manpower. We're, we're still, it's a balancing act between, you know, the tax revenue that we get and the manpower that we need sure. and the call volume. We really need 
you know, NFPA standards, basic fire standards are, are, are minimum three man engine companies. And we're at two at one station and three at another. So we really need okay. to add another person. Our long-term forecast is another fire station in five years okay. based on growth and based on call volume. Um, and so we try and keep the tax rate as low as we can, but also try and fit those. And the, and the thing that surprises most people and, and they don't, most people think in a uh, business and normal 40 hour work week type type of mentality. Our firefighters don't get paid very well. Um, it is part of, part of that business, but, um, part of that, yeah, that growth. So, you know, we, we need to add that other guy. We really need to, we need to get to three and three. Okay. Uh, and, and we probably won't be able to do that this year. Um, it'll probably be the following year. Okay. Uh, we do supplement with the volunteers. Uh, sure. we, we've got, I think we got about five, um, regular volunteers that are actually certified. They could go get a job if they wanted to, but they're doing something else. And okay. they, they come in once a week and, and pull a shift here and there. So that's oh, wow. how we're kind of staffing the other station with that extra tailboard. What if someone wants to get involved in, in the volunteer fire department? What's the best way to do that? Uh, the website, there's a contact. There's a there's a form on there if you're interested. Okay. Um, What's yeah. that website? Uh, district1fire.com. District1fire.com. Yeah, okay. so uh, you got to be 18 years old or older. Uh, you've got to, um, you know, pass a background check. Sure. And we do we do pre-screen. Uh, volunteers take a lot of time and a lot of training, so we want to make sure we've got a right fit. You're serious, yeah. Um, but we, um, we get a lot of volunteers from outside the area, too, believe it or not. I mean, there's not a lot of opportunity for volunteers to work at a professional department. Really? Um, most... Most just don't have that capability to have volunteers any longer with workers' comp and everything else. Right. They kind of, once you go, there, there's just not very many of those combination fire departments any, anymore. So Okay. So somebody wanted to volunteer and they, they, they passed all the all the screening. Yeah. Um, did they go on normal calls with the fire department then yeah, as well? So, yeah. So they come in and they, they would do a 90-day probationary period. Um, we'd put them through some training. Within about two weeks, they can be riding the truck. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then we, we do put them through fire training. We do issue them gear. Uh, we do just depends on what level of training they want to go to. Sure. Uh, and we pay for all that. Wow. And then, yeah, they're they're kind of part of the team at that point. Wow. Great opportunity for someone coming out of high school or Yeah. Or and, you know, if there's anything I can say, if there's any parents that are listening, um, you know, I know a lot of people send their kids to college, but. If you have a kid that's not necessarily interested in college, fire service is the way to go. Um, Absolutely. When I got hired first in, in fire service in the 90s, you know, it was Corpus, San Antonio, Houston, Austin. It's just your big cities. Now there's ESDs everywhere, mm-hmm. right. and they're hiring firefighters, and there's not enough of them. Yeah. Um, so the other, the other thing is if you become a firefighter and you're a paid firefighter, uh, you get free college tuition. No kidding. Um, so I really try and push that to high school parents. If, if your son or daughter becomes a certified firefighter and works for a volunteer or paid fire department, they don't have to be paid. They just have to be a firefighter. Certified, I believe, is the state requirement. You can submit a letter. The fire chief will submit a letter to the university and basically any, and there diff, universities offer different things. But basically, you can get a a bachelor in fire science, bachelor in uh, emergency management, medicine, things like that. Uh, 
and and there's no tuition costs. The, the state probably like it. a public school though too, right? I, I don't think they're private schools. Yeah, I don't think they're private schools, yeah. but it's okay. most of the, it's the a Texas bachelor's degree. Yeah, Texas A and M, San Antonio, Sam Houston State, uh, San Antonio College, Palo Alto. All those have a program for that. Um, and heck, you know, if you if you take all your basics, say, and you're going to the fire. On the fire end of it, and you want to change your major, you know. There you go. They're yeah, not going to go back you've on got you. The, got the basics down yeah. and those credits there. That's awesome. Well, that's neat. That's great. Great opportunity. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of firefighters have side businesses. And oh, yeah, for sure. Too, with great benefits that come with being a firefighter as well. For so, sure. Wonderful. What what kind of uh, schedule? You said you've got three guys here and two guys at the, I'm going to call it Center Point Station because that's, yeah, you know, Center what Point, I know this. Sure. But, like, my brother is a fireman, firefighter in, in uh, Houston. And he, he works like 10 days a month. It's yeah. Ridiculous. That. So I, I'm kind of jealous. All He's like, hey, you want to go fishing? I'm like, no, I'm working. It's Monday through Friday. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. So um, we work a 4896 schedule. So the guys come in, um, for instance, Monday at 7 o'clock. They'll get off Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock. So they're here. They live here in the station for 48 hours. Uh, and then they've got four days off. Okay. So, again, kind of as we discussed before, you know, a 40-hour work week is not what we do. Right, um, sure. You, you've got to go around the clock. Uh, and it's every time the guys come on shift, they've got to check their trucks. You know, they've right. got to run all the equipment. they got to make sure everything's fueled up. they got to do a lot of stuff. So an eight-hour shift is just not practical. A 12-hour shift is not practical. You'll burn all your equipment out. Your, your fuel bill will go through the roof. Oh, yeah. Um, plus, you know, a lot of times if we have a structure fire, or a major incident, you know, we're an hour, two, three, four hours into it. So sure. an eight hour day is gone. Yeah. And then if you have shift change, it just works out historically. Every fire department is a minimum of 24 hours on uh, Houston. And it works out to about 10 days a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Houston, and there's all different schedules. There's 24, yeah. 48, and there's 48, 96. There's mm-hmm. the Houston schedule, which is one on, one off, one on. And four off or five off. One on, four off, something yeah. like that. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I lose that. track of it. So. <laughs> he ends up staying there for three days because he doesn't live yeah. in Houston. You know, so. Yeah, so a lot of the Houston guys do that. Yeah. Um, they'll get an apartment up there. They'll do trades, and they'll work three straight. They'll work 72 and then be yeah. off for a while. Well, yeah. um, we do 48, 96 because we – we're a bedroom community. A lot of our firefighters don't live here, okay. so they want to commute, and they sure. they some commute from more than an hour away, wow. hour and forty five for one of wow. them. So they don't want to travel a bunch, yeah. so they come in, work forty eight, and they go home. Okay, so that's yeah, that's uh, leaves a little bit of flexibility there too on those days off. But hey, you know, if you can come in and, and have a hour and forty minute commute. And then work 48, 48 hours. That, that's that's less commute than most people. Yeah, have. you're, you're yeah. driving two days a week. Sure, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, tell us about the burn bands a little bit. I, I know we've seen the signs around around town on on when we're in a burn band. Can you talk, touch up, touch base on that and the importance of it and how people can find out when they can when they can burn their brush piles? Sure, sure. And, and speak clearly because when my wife listens, I want her to understand this. <laughs> we can't just burn. You know, she thinks it's not blowing. The wind's not blowing. Well, hey, she's ahead of the game there. She's at least looking at the wind. Yeah. Um, you'd be surprised. We'll have 40, 45-mile-an-hour wind gusts, you know, fronts coming through and people are burning. Oh, it's wow. just kind of, wow. Um, so the burn ban uh, is set by the county. Uh, it's not set by the fire departments. The county has that authority, hmm. not the fire departments. That's like, the way the state granted that. Like the judge or? The county commissioner's county court. Commissioner's, yep. court. commissioner's court has the authority to put a burn ban in place or or not. 
It's rated on what's called the KBDI index, which is uh, put out by the Texas Forest Service okay. Commission, uh, and it's a, basically a tra- it's a, a, a drought type chart. They they literally go around and measure moisture content in certain areas, uh, in, in, in 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 what we call fuels in the grass and the brush yes, and sticks and limbs. Uh, and so if the KB, KBDI index gets to a certain point, I think it's 600 uh, or 500 or above, counties can institute a burn ban. Okay. They usually last for a minimum of 90 days. Once they're put on, they mm-hmm. can be taken off, uh, but it's cumbersome for county court to do that, and okay. it never fails if they, yeah, we got rain this week, and then the <laughs> next week we didn't. It, it's it's very difficult to go on, off, on, on, yes, off. Um, it drives me as a fire chief crazy. Uh, when it's put on and then taken back off, or the county fire marshal will say, hey, this weekend everybody can burn because we've had rain, but the burn ban's not off, but we're going to let you burn. And I that just, seen that before. Yeah. That just, oh. I want to bang my head against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Either put it, you know, put it on or take it off. I don't care which way you do it. Yeah. But Get ready, boys. We're going to be busy. It, yeah. literally, <laughs> it, it literally gets worse um, when, when they do that, when they allow just a weekend because now everybody thinks it's off. Right. And so people yep. just start burning, and then they're like, "Well, my neighbor did it." Yeah. So if you want to find out where the burn ban status is, if you just go to our Facebook page, our profile picture is either a green flame, which means okay to burn, we're on, not under a burn ban, or it'll have a red flame with a X through it okay. for burn. You know, no burning at this time. That's Great. the easiest way I could find. You can also call the the non emergency number here at the station. There's a recording on there. I think it's. Prompt number two will take okay. you to the burn ban status. Nice. The county really doesn't uh, keep up with it anywhere on a website or anything. Okay. Um, the newspapers try and announce it, and we will announce on our Facebook yes, sir. when it goes into effect, and then we'll announce again when it's done, okay. as well as change the, the Facebook posting. So is the Facebook page District 1 Fire, Lavernia, or? Yeah, I think or? it's uh, I think it's still, we, yeah, it's District 1, District 1 Fire. Yeah. Okay. Perfect, perfect. So check there for for burn ban status whenever, uh-huh. whenever. Uh-huh. So almost ninety days. Yeah, usually once they put it in, it, it's usually the the order will say for ninety days, and, and then it can be extended after that. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Right. Just tell Laura to check the Facebook page. Yeah, she, she can burn. do that for sure. All right. Um, anything else you want to share with the community members of Lavernia while we have you on the mic? Uh, yeah. So with the burn ban, uh, I think as we discussed before. Uh, people think it's tied to rain, and, and it is tied to rain. Um, but unfortunately, during the winter time, which actually is our highest okay. yeah. uh, time for for grass and wildfires, because humidity's low, winds are usually up, and fuel is dead. So once grass dies, or a tree dies, or anything else, it won't absorb moisture anymore. So you can rain on it all you want; it's going to dry out very quickly. So until if we're in a drought and everything's brown, 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 I don't care if you have rain the day before, the grass is going to catch on fire. Right. Um, you have to let the winter weeds, the green, come up and provide the moisture there. If you do that, then your your dry fuels that are in between can't burn because of the other stuff's giving off mm-hmm. moisture when it tries to burn. So it'll essentially put itself out. So I know a lot of people in the community really fuss at us. You know, man, I can't burn. You know, we just got three inches of rain. And we literally have been on coastal fields that were flooded and there's water under our tires and the grass is burning on top. Um, And it doesn't matter to me if people burn 
we live in the country as far as I'm concerned and sure. burn away. Just be safe about it. Uh, cause you got to remember that when you're taking a fire truck out to a grass fire or a brush fire, that means that's a heart attack we can't make. That's a, it's right. a car wreck we can't make. That's a house fire we can't make or worse, a house fire you may start. And yep. we've had a few where some sort of burn got out of hand and ended up burning a barn down or sure. a tractor or a neighbor's and, and you can be held liable for any damage you do. Uh, if, a, if a fire gets out. So that's our main thing is just uh, understand we don't put the burn ban in. We just got to enforce it. Okay. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And if you got any questions, you can always call or uh, send a message on Facebook. Or, yeah. Okay. That's good. Wonderful. Well, hey, we appreciate you sitting down with us, and, and thank you again uh, for your service to the community thank a, you. as well and to your team. But we've enjoyed it. Thank you for uh, thank you for your time, sir. Okay. Thank you for having me. All right. Yes, sir. Well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We want to send another huge thank you to Chris Thompson and the entire District 1 fire team and volunteers for helping to keep Lavernia the safe place that it is. If you have any questions, comments, show ideas, feel free to reach out to us. Our email address, lvtxmediagroup at gmail.com. You can find us on our Facebook page and Facebook groups, Lavernia Proud Podcast. The Laverne Proud Podcast is a production of the LVTX Media Group, LLC. We really do appreciate your listening. Until next time, take pride in yourself and your